and I am one of the pastors here at Hope. If I have yet to meet you, I would love to meet you at some point today. We are in the middle of a mini-series on our big three. Our big three is to love God, love others, and follow Jesus together. Good job. You joined without even a command. And today, our service is called Hope on Mission, and we're talking about loving others. And one of the things that I noticed when I came on staff in February was that the people of Hope already embodied this so naturally. There were so many things over so many years that our church has done in our city, in our community, and in our world. And so the, the purpose of today's ser, uh, service is, is three things. One is I hope that you guys would be encouraged as you hear stories from people at our church and some of our missionaries that are overseas about the way God is on the move in and through the people of hope. The second point and hope for the service today, and my desire, is that each of you would have an opportunity to discover maybe something new to get plugged into or a way to serve. And that's going to be explained later in the service where you see all the tables all around. And third is you guys are going to hear a sermonette today uh, from Heidi, who I, I hope and desire that will move us in what we are calling transformational withness, withness, ooh, that's hard to say with the mic on, withness, as our witness. And we are going to uh, be using that phrase a little bit more uh, around here when we refer to things about mission and what it looks like to truly be in relationships with people. And so I'm going to use a verse today out of Acts 1-8 as our centering verse, and I have it up on the screen for you guys. And this verse I'm going to read out loud. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, these are Jesus' words that he gives to his disciples after he was resurrected. And he's sending them out all the way to the ends of the earth. And we're going to use these four underlined geographical locations as a metaphor today, of like a metaphorical map today of the ways that we here at Hope serve. So, for example, Jerusalem, we have it up on the... Jerusalem is our city, or our church, our church, and, our, and so these are going to be ways that our church is uh, serving and ways that you can get involved, which we'll go over later. They're also on your little cards on the backside. Judea, this is our city. Judea is next. These are ways that we serve directly here in Chandler, Arizona. The next is Samaria. These are our region. This is our, our, our trips to, with one mission and up to Naomi House. Yeah. The place people don't want to go. But Jesus goes. And then the last is the ends of the earth. These are our two missionary families that we support and faithfully pray for that you guys are going to have 
an opportunity to hear from. You can also have an opportunity to sign up for their newsletters to be able to stay up to date on how to pray for them. So we're going to use this as a template in Acts 1-8 as, uh, as a guide for the service today. Sound good? Awesome. And we are moving into Judea, which is for the city. And these friends of mine up here uh, are hopefully familiar faces to you guys. You'll get to meet uh, them as they speak. Um, But they are all involved deeply with some of the partners that we want to continue to um, join and dive in here in our city. So uh, Stacy is going to be up first. And Stacy, my question for you is, how have you you seen God on the move at San Marcos Elementary School? And maybe explain a tiny bit about what you're doing over there. Sure. I've seen God on the move many ways, but one of the reasons I'm so proud of Hope is you've maybe heard the phrase, a long obedience in the same direction. That's what we've done with San Marcos. For over 12 years, 10 or 12 years, we've supplied shoes. We've done the affordable Christmas. We've taken treats to the teachers. We've done numerous supply drives. But what I'm doing, and several others, is I'm going to a first grade class once a week, meeting individually with each child, studying their letters and numbers. Oh, it is the highlight of my week, and maybe that's where God is working the most, is in me. But I also see it in the gratitude of the teacher who knows how our church continues to support them. And I also see it in the kids who just relish and blossom under individual attention and how they learn. And um, from the sweet affection I get, they just see me one hour a week and I get hugs and they call me Mrs. Heinke's, which is the most respect I get anywhere. And um, <laughs> it's been really fun. That's, that's so awesome. I love that. Long-term faithfulness in the same direction. I think that describes hope really well. Um, And there's opportunities for you guys. We have affordable Christmas coming up at San Marcos. Um, They just formed for the first time a PTO uh, this last year, and they've invited us to help come alongside their PTO and some special events and things going on that uh, we would love to just provide that extra support as they're um, rallying around their children. And then like you, like Stacy shared, we have opportunities for children to read to you and there's more and more teachers catching wind of that. So if you want a weekly commitment to children, uh, there's all those opportunities at this back table over here for you to um, tune into. All right, we've got Bob. Bob is representing Reminisce Ministry, and he's going to tell you a little bit more about it. But I would love to hear what you've been learning about God through Reminisce. Well, to share what we've been learning about God from Reminisce, we're going to give you a little context of what this ministry is. So basically, Reminisce is Hope's ministry uh, to memory care people. And we provide the residents of Mosaic Gardens of Chandler with a worship service twice a month. Memory care residents can be high-functioning, but they cannot process um, actions and thoughts the same way you or I do, or they may be completely non-responsive. But regardless of their condition, um, they all attend our church service when we put it on with Reminisce. Reminisce services at Mosaic Gardens are the residents' favorite activity each month. 
Once everyone is seated and we're set up and we open with prayer, a hush falls over the group. As we pray, as scripture is read, as we praise Jesus in song, and as a short message is given. I believe it is the power of the Spirit at work that causes such intense participation by these residents despite their medical conditions. Everyone sings. Older hymns and choruses resonate deep within their memories and hearts. They love to hear the scripture being read. They respond to the message and the illustrations with questions. Sometimes tears flow, even from the staff that attend. Everyone gets to experience the love of Jesus during these services. Perhaps the best part for me is after the final song and closing prayer when we go around the room and say goodbye to the residents. Outstretched hands take ours and hold them, grateful for our time together and the opportunity to worship yet one more time. Eyes that speak volumes of how much this ministry means to them. And all of the thank yous and when are you coming back? <laughs> the followers of Jesus that gather together with us have dementia and memory issues, but the Holy Spirit that dwells inside them does not. Amen. And for those in the room who may not know Jesus, we pray and look for the Spirit to move on them so that one day they too would become children of God. That's so powerful. Holy Spirit does not have memory loss. We got to quote that on shirts. <laughs> I love the work that you guys are doing over at Mosaic Gardens, and it's twice a month that you're... Twice a month. Twice a month that they're down there on Tuesdays, and you can find out, again, more information uh, later in the service about how to get plugged in down there, and we're grateful for the work that we, that you do down there, Bob, and that you faithfully, you and Karen have faithfully taken this ministry and grown it, and that the Holy Spirit does not have memory loss. <laughs> Next up, we have my friend Swida, and Swida is part of our resettled ministry, which is our outreach towards refugees and those who are getting resettled here in the valley. And you've been a part of working alongside a couple of families. I'd love just to hear about your experience and the ways you've seen God on the move many, many different ways, but um, I'll share my most recent experience. Um, one of our families, uh, they have six kids already, and one evening I got a call from the husband, and he shared that they were pregnant again, and he sounded depressed, like something very negative was happening, and he said, I truly mentally, physically, we can afford to have another child, so um, we're planning on aborting the child, and we need your help. And I had a very long pause, because I just didn't even know what direction to take, so I was like, um, sorry, can't help there with your plan. I just was really awkward about it, and I hung up the phone and <clears throat> just prayed about it and just didn't, couldn't even calm myself to, to help direct them. So I called Heidi, and uh, we talked about it and prayed about it, and I talked to Liz, and we all kind of took the time to pray about it, and 
Um, then I called him again, and this time I was a lot calmer, and I explained why I don't believe that would be the right thing to do, and I would not be able to help them. And I asked them to take some time and pray about it and talk to their families in Afghanistan and see what their thoughts are. And this went back and forth for two months, and it was a painful two months. But then finally they called and said, well, uh, we decided to keep the pregnancy because we really want another boy and we're hoping this is uh, a boy. So we were all very, very grateful. And then, so we, I've been going to their doctor's appointment with them. So when it was time to reveal the baby's gender, they're having a little girl. So I got another depressed phone call, but they're, they're excited now. The baby's due third week of October, and it's a blessing, and we're looking forward to this journey with them, with baby number six. Yes. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say, and it's a boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on the edge of my stool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love that story because that is totally, they felt safe enough to call you. Yeah. They felt, who can we turn to in this time? And it was, it was the fact that you have been faithful and a good friend and showing up for them. And that embodies what we want to be as people of hope. We want to be the people that San Marcos calls when they're stressed out at the beginning of the school year. And they're like, can you send volunteers to pack uniforms and backpacks? Yes, we got it. When a, when a refugee couple and family is here and they're navigating what are we going to do about this? They call us, right? That's, that's, that's the heart that we want to embody as people on mission. So thank you for the work that you're doing. In, in their belief, that's a very shameful thing. You don't yeah. abort, mm -hmm. you know, life. So it was very hard for them to call and trust us with that information. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful that they did. This is Matthew's Crossing. This is a food bank down the road, and Ed is a faithful volunteer down there. And I just absolutely love that. Whoever was behind the camera interviewing you was saying, we need to clone you. Like, we're so grateful for your presence here um, and your involvement here. And so share with us a little bit about what you see God doing down there. I think you have to start with the wonderful volunteers we have at Matthew's Crossing. Um, they go to different churches throughout the East Valley, but when you get to know them, you realize that they are also performing faith deeds. Also, you have to look at the clients that feel blessed to be served by the donations that we provide for them. Also, the children that we provide weekend backpack meals for, their willingness to, to uh, give the volunteer delivery drivers big hugs and smiles, make this program so worthwhile. And Ed, how long have you been down there, and how many times a week are you down there? I am down there at the food bank three day, or two days a week, and up at Matthew's, or at the um, Meals to Grow, one day a week, so a total of three days, about four hours a day. So not really uh, retiring that well. Hey, I'm taking a day off in between. <laughs> 
And we've done a, quite a few um, drives for Matthew's Crossing, and you specifically shared with me where those are going. Can you share a little bit with us where that, the impact of the drives that we've done have gone? Most of the donations that we receive that aren't, aren't very close to, being, to expiring actually go up to Meals to Grow. Um, we provide the kids with the weekend backpack. The, these are kids that normally receive federal aid during the week, breakfast and lunch, but they don't get meals provided on weekends. So we try to supplement the weekends by providing three meals uh, on Saturday and three meals on, on Sunday through the, your generous donations. That's amazing. And, and I just want to say uh, to all four of you, thank you guys. And, and you guys represent so many more people that are already in these chairs, that are already joining you in these places and other places that I don't even know about. Uh, and so we're grateful that this is our heart posture as a church, uh, that we want to go be with people. And this... Um, is something we want to invite all of you guys into today to discover some of those opportunities. So thank you guys. Can we give them a round of applause? All right. So we're going to switch now into Samaria. And Samaria are our regional partners. We have one mission, which is our community development trip where we go over a long extended weekend down to Puerto Penasco. And we've been going for several, several years. And these are already our dates. We got them for next spring, which is wild, March 8th through the 11th. If you're interested in just even hearing about the trip or getting involved in any way, make sure you jot your name down on that sign-up sheet, which will be on this, on that side <laughs> of the map. I need the map. Yeah, there you go. You're going on your 10th year? Ninth year, okay, yeah. We got a dedicated man in the house who's also dedicated to this woman. <laughs> uh, Brittany is up here because she's going to share a little bit about what's happening over at Naomi House and a partnership that we've had for quite a bit of time. How long has Hope been partnering with them for? Yeah, so um, we've been partnering with Naomi House up in northern Arizona since about either 2005 or 2006, and this October will be our 45th, I believe, trip up there. So a long time. 45th Uh-huh, I believe trip. so. Debbie's now, also shaking her head yes. So. Does, does that mean you've <laughs> gone on all of them, Debbie? No. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was say. Girl needs a sabbatical. <laughs> Can you tell us about the home and the culture of the home, what some of their needs are? Yeah, so Naomi House is a private, nonprofit Christian organization that takes emergency referrals for Native American children who need a safe home environment. Um, and one of their biggest needs is they have such a high need for children that they have to turn some children away. And so recently, they've actually acquired a second property near their current property, and so that home is being renovated, and I don't know if they have like a completion date or anything, but with that new home, they'll be able to take many more kids. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And so there's several ways we can serve Naomi House. There's one coming up. Why don't you share with us about the opportunity? Yeah, totally. So we are going up to Joseph City this October. It's a Friday through Sunday, the 6th through the 8th. And they have um, a pretty big project that they would like for us to help them with. And it'll be sanding and staining the decks of their ministry house and their apartment homes. Um, so that'll be like our big focus this year is we'll be sanding and staining and uh, you don't need experience, minimal experience is required or no experience. I have none. I'm going to do my best, but um, everything will be provided for that project. So um, we just need people to help do it. And then also um, my favorite part of this relationship with Naomi, I think, is the respite that we give to the house parents. I only have two children, and if somebody came to my house for a weekend to cook all my meals and play with my kids for a few hours, it would be the greatest gift. So I can't imagine having, you know, 15 children and doing this every single day. So we cook meals, we do arts and crafts with the kids, and um, it's a great trip for the whole family. My boys went last year, and they're so excited to go again. That's so great. So whole families, kids can go. Is there any age limits or... No, none that I can think of. I mean, it might be a little hard to bring an infant, but bring your baby. Like, okay. start them young servant. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a challenge? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think he might be like five days old. <laughs> that might be a little We're going to go sand and stain, son. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm so excited to see pictures of the trip and not be there myself. But uh, yeah, we're so grateful for both of these partnerships with One Mission and with Naomi House. Thank you, Brittany. Yes, thank you. All right. Now you guys are in for the real treat. Just kidding. All of that was a treat. But Heidi is going to come up and do a quick little sermonette with us, and she's been working really, really, really hard on uh, this, and we've done several run-throughs, and I think that the word that she has for us today is, is powerful. If you do not know Heidi, Heidi's on our mission team here. She leads our resettled ministry that Suida also talked about. She's passionate specifically, at least I've noticed, about the overlooked in our society being seen. And she also happens to be Doug's wife. But I don't want to lead with that because that's important. But she also is an amazing, incredible woman. So I'm excited that you guys get to hear from Heidi today. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is so good to be with you this morning. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of sharing with you today a bit about our big three, how I've experienced it, loving others. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it in a little bit. So we've heard about all these wonderful ministries where we're serving and we're loving and we're doing and we're giving. And I'm going to bring it back to just the ministry of one. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story when somebody was with me in my life. And um, yeah, just share with you about how one person can make a huge difference in the life of another by being with them. Um, I was 34 when my best friend Dixie would take me to church. And afterwards, we'd drive home, and we'd talk about the sermon, and I would ask the silliest questions. Well, they, they look silly to me now, but really, there is no silly question. So if that's you today, just ask it. Um, we'd drive home, and I remember 
just how she would listen and answer the best she could. And she was really, Dixie was really the first person that showed me what compassion looked like through the act of listening and being with me. So one day there was a message about love. We learned about love, being patient and kind. And she told me it was from a book called Corinthians. And so because she was kind, I felt safe enough to ask her, where do I get this book? Where, where do I find it? And with the utmost grace, she said, it's in the Bible. And at the time, I was dating someone who wasn't good for me. Um, and I remember hearing these words about love and really waking up to the fact that what I was experiencing wasn't love at all. Um, so Dixie walked with me in this season of my life, and she was very patient, she was very kind, always loving, never judging, um, and she showed me what the ministry of witness looked like. Dixie was a witness to Jesus through her witness, being with me. I never felt like a project to her. I felt cared for, and eventually I shared with her about my relationship because it felt safe and what all that was going on in my life. And with Dixie, I felt seen, I felt heard, and I sensed her compassion towards me. So fast forward a few years later, she's moved to Georgia. She's praying for me, has no idea that I've actually come to Jesus. <laughs> um, we're in an office max. She moves back home. We're in Office Max. She sees me, and she says, hey. And I'm like, I got saved. <laughs> and she wrapped her arms around me, and she said, oh, thank God, um, in her best Southern charm. Um, so once I really started following Jesus, I learned that there were scriptures on how to love others. And for me, I couldn't look past the scriptures of God's heart for the poor, it kept coming to me, and my desire to serve the poor grew and grew. So much so that eventually I started working for an organization called Food for the Hungry. Um, and it wasn't too long after that, that would have been 2007, not too long after that, about four years into my walk with Jesus, that I got really busy for God instead of being with people. My ministry became all about helping people, having the answers, and giving them something I thought they needed. Much to the contrary of the organization I was working for, which actually seeks to empower people. Um, what I notice in retrospect, now that I understand that it's about being with people, is that my love had become transactional. I had something they needed, and I was going to give it. It was my duty. I was obligated. And this feels pretty icky for the person receiving that kind of love. And even though Dixie showed me an excellent example of what it looks like to be with people, I didn't really know how to be with people that had different lives than I did, right? Different socioeconomics, different cultural. Uh, but I had the heart for it. Um, so, 
even though with people is important, I found myself just serving and doing and giving. We can find ourselves doing that, can't we? Where we kind of stop at the, I'm going to give something, or I'm going to go build something, which is good. That's good. Sometimes we can get busy doing the work for God instead of ministering to people with God. And when we do that, we can actually make people feel like a project without knowing it. And that's why it's so important that we be with the people we're serving, interacting. We'll get to that. Sometimes when we're trying to do good, people can even feel objectified. And we might not even know we're doing it. At our worst, we might get so busy trying to help people that we don't notice them. And on the other hand, at our best, we can truly be with people, seeing them, listening to their story, and showing compassion. When we minister like that, we give people the sense, like Doug said last week, you are not alone. We might not be able to understand what it's like to be them, but we can be with them. Let's see how Jesus did it, shall we? I think we'll find that to love others means we follow Jesus in his example of being Emmanuel, God with us. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it and turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And if you need a Bible, you go ahead and grab one on your way out. And if it's your first Bible, you write your name in it, you keep it, that's our gift for you. So if you're like me in the beginning of my walk with Jesus, not having a Bible, I want you to take one of those home with you and write your name in it. In Matthew chapter 1, the season starts with an angel of the Lord who comes to Joseph, telling him not to be afraid that Mary is pregnant. She's going to give birth to a baby, and that baby will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 23, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy found in the book of Isaiah chapter 7. So God is with us in the flesh of Jesus. Just think about that for a minute. He came in the flesh to be with us. Not to just give us something, not to just fix everything, though he could. He came to be with us. And I love how the birth of Jesus is poetically described in the book of John. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace. Now, I really like how it's written in the message version. It says the word, and that's Jesus, became flesh and blood, and moved into the neighborhood. Maybe you've been called to move into a neighborhood. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, Jesus is the way we do ministry. God with us. He came in the flesh to be with us, and Jesus is the way witness works. There are a few stories that come up when I think of Jesus being with people. And one of them is in the book of Luke, chapter 8. You might remember it. Doug shared that story, or someone shared the story of the bleeding woman who reached out to touch the robe of Jesus in order to be healed. And when her bleeding stopped, 
Jesus didn't just stop at healing her, though he could, because he had somewhere to be, right? He was on his way somewhere else, but he healed her, and then he turned to her, and he looked at her, and he saw her. Just think about that. He saw her. He took the time to notice her. And then there's the story in the book of Mark. Chapter 10 of Blind Bartimaeus, who cries out to Jesus for healing. When everyone around him is yelling, be quiet, leave the teacher alone, Jesus stops and hears him and calls the man to him. He hears him. And he asks the man when he gets there, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't just assume what he needed or what he wanted. He asked him, what do you want me to do for you? So Jesus sets the example of asking and listening instead of just doing what he thinks the man needs. And then another great example of witness. You may or may not remember this. I don't know if you've heard this story. It's an important one to me. Uh, John chapter 8, when the Pharisees throw a woman caught in the act of adultery at the feet of Jesus so they could test him. Now, according to the law of Moses, it was right in that culture to stone her. So they were testing him. How was he going to respond to this? Now, I know that sounds a little weird in our culture. We wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Um, but that's what they did before Jesus. Instead, Jesus shows her compassion. And he says to the Pharisees, let you who is without sin be the first to cast the stone. Jesus didn't condemn her. Rather, he showed her compassion. Jesus, in his very essence, God with us, is how witness, through the ministry of witness, is to look. And now, his ministry belongs to us. We as followers of Jesus are here to see, hear, and have compassion for people. So what about you? What's your story? When did you feel that sense of being seen and heard or have someone show you compassion? How was that for you? Did it feel like someone was really in it with you? whether it's your pain or a mess you made or maybe it's a mess that somebody made on you? Who was that person who showed up in the ministry of witness for you to really be with you? And that's how we want to do ministry as a church. Witness as our witness. Hope on Mission seeks to be with people as we do ministry together. To love others means to be with others, really with them. And that's why Hope on Mission partners with organizations where we have the opportunity to be in relationships with people that we aim to serve. And this is why we emphasize going deep with a few. Because let's be honest, there's no shortage of opportunity to be with people in mission of loving others, which is why this next part is so important. Are you listening? 
We don't do it on our own. We don't do it alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So God is with you. So it's not just us that goes. It's Jesus that goes with us to be with them. And we are also with each other. So we don't do it alone. Sometimes you do it alone, as in my story, but most of what we're talking about today, you'll be with your fellow believers. So in a minute, you're going to get a chance to see this ministry of witness in the flesh. You've heard from them on stage, but you'll get a chance to walk around and browse the tables set up around the room so you can learn more about what Hope is up to on mission. Now, I'm sure there are many of you who already serve in the ministry of witness, even if there's not a table that represents you. We see you, and we're grateful for the way you love others. Here's your invitation. Will you be hope on mission as we follow Jesus together? Our prayer is that we would be people who minister through witness, witness no matter where we go, near or far, to love others in this hurting, broken, scary world that God loves so deeply so that people will be seen, heard, loved, and feel our compassion. Loving others is following the example of Jesus and witness. Let's pray. Jesus, we are blessed to know you, and we are so grateful that you have given us this ministry of witness, that you don't just intend to love us, but you intend to love others through us. Thank you. Thank you that you have come to us to be with us as we go out to be with others. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. I'm just so grateful for all the work, by the way, that, that Liz and Heidi and Brittany and Aaron and the whole team just put in. Can we thank them for putting all this together this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Hey, here's, here's how we want to close today. You know how we often, um, like if we're sending a, a missions team, we're sending them out to do a trip, or, or when a new pastor joins our staff, we, we bring them up front, and then we pray over them, we, we commission them. And commissioning uh, and sending out like our teams, this is powerfully symbolic thing to do. And this morning, I want to do something that, um, it's something that I haven't seen done uh, too much before in churches, but what I want to do is that I want to bless and commission you as you go out there into your world, your job, your family, your mission field to be with the people around you this week. Um, so Heidi, would you come up and join me? In fact, um, anybody on our staff team, would you just come out here and, and um, jump, join me on the platform, staff, staff folks? And um, what I want the rest of you to do is go ahead and stand here, and I want to commission you. Um, and if you're a follower of Jesus, what we want to do is commission you for ministry out there, being with people. In fact, what, here's what I want to let's do something even a little more. Uh, I, do, I want you to come forward like we're commissioning a group. So just come forward, kind of gather across the front here. Come on, bring it up, play along. If you feel weird about that, I don't care. Just do it anyway. Come on. There we go. Discomfort is, I like that. That's good. I don't even know if your mic is on, but that's good. 
If you are a follower of Jesus, again, we want to co-mission, the word commission, we want to co-mission you to be on mission together. And um, if you're visiting, if you're not a part of Hope, um, uh, but you're a follower of Jesus, I, I want you to like be in on this with us too, because here's the deal. It's not about just our church. It's not about Hope Covenant Church. This is about us, um, and maybe you even wondering, saying, you know, I've, uh, you know what, I'm a, I'm a coach or a teacher, a stay-at-home parents, um, I'm a therapist, whatever. I've never had anyone bless me or commission me, commission me for my life and my work or the places that I serve. So I want you to also receive this blessing. And how I want to commission you is to start just by reading a passage of Scripture over you, and then I'll bless and pray and eventually send you. And the, the verses that I want to read are out of 1 Peter chapter 2 up on the screen. And this passage reminds you of who you are and what our commission, our co-mission is with God. Uh, Verse 9. And receive this over you. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are, hear this, you are a people belonging to God. That's, that's who you are. That's who you are in the next part of the verse. The reason you are all those things is so that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We got one more verse to read, but that's your mission right there, to proclaim through your living, through your loving, the love and grace of the one who first loved us. Verse 10, for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You are the people of God. And once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And again, I just love this passage because it reminds us, friends, who you are. You belong to God. You are a royal priesthood. You, you are one of the priests, according to the Bible, one of the ministers of Jesus. And this verse gives us our commission with God as partners of God. Our mission is that you and I, we get to declare God's mercy and goodness, calling people who are in darkness into the love and light and mercy of Jesus. And so this symbolism of us coming forward, you coming forward is so powerful. But also the commission is to send you out. So I want you to turn around and face the back doors right now. You've come forward, we're sending you out. And the symbolism of this is that out there, that's where we're all going, y'all. That's where we're going. You came here this morning and hopefully received part of what you need from God. But now we turn around and we recognize God's calling us to bring the life he's given us out there. So again, we're going to pray now and commission and send you. So a staff, you can't see us, but we have our hands stretched out toward you to bless you. We pray, Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for the men and the women and the teenagers in this room right now who love you, who want more and more to become the kind of people who give away your love and your grace. And Father, I'm even aware some labor under this thought that they don't know what their call is or what they're doing they think is insignificant. And I just ask that by by the power of Jesus' name that that lie of insignificance would be broken, that it would be lifted, that, that when they hear a whisper that says you don't have anything significant to offer, that that lying voice would be silenced in Jesus' name. 
because these followers of Jesus are ministers of the gospel. And so now in Jesus' name, I commission and we commission these brothers and sisters to take the life and the love that they're experiencing and to give it away. To give it away in their workplaces, in their schools, in their neighborhoods, on their sports teams, in their relationships, and everywhere they go. In Jesus' name, I pray that as we go from this place out there and we simply choose to be with people, to demonstrate your love and care, Jesus, that we would know that in simply doing that, it's going to make a difference because that's how it works in the kingdom of God. So, Father, open our eyes to see the people who might get touched by the kingdom of God just because we noticed them and were with them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commission, we bless, and now we send your people into their real, ordinary lives with the extraordinary life and love and grace of God. Bless them and send them now. In the name of the Father and the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And all the followers of Jesus said together, Amen. Go now, brothers and sisters. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday.